Welcome to In the Isles, the movie and TV podcast that is probably much the same in any universe. I'm James. I'm Dan. This week, we're going to talk about what we've been watching, including Alan Partridge Live, live at the AO Arena and some TV. And our main review is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Which we watched on the same day as Alan Partridge, an entertainment-filled day out with uh, minimal social faux pas from either of us, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I think we did okay. I, I intentionally mispronounced Bratverse as Bratwurst, but I think I think the waitress got that that was what was happening. Yeah, you love to make it awkward, you. Um, and you did in that moment. I appreciated it very much so. So, thoughts? Alan Partridge live. Steve Coogan, the man himself, we've seen him in the flesh. We didn't touch him, inappropriate. But did you enjoy it? It was exciting to see Steve Coogan live as Alan Partridge after being a fan for 20 years. And I think no matter how good it was or how much thought I put into it, I think I was going to enjoy it regardless. However, we were laughing all the way through. There wasn't a dull moment. The second act was a bit short. It suddenly ended. Mm. Seats too close together, uncomfortable. But apart from that, I had a jolly, jolly good time. I was glad to see that it wasn't just him. He brought some other other young cast members on as well so that he had someone to play off. Yeah, borderlined on a musical, which I wasn't expecting at points. But um, yeah, thoroughly entertaining. I enjoyed it a lot. And as you say, plentiful laughs, which is nothing to be sniffed at. So well done you, Steve Coogan. You've got it. You've still got it for now has said hasn't he that he's not ever really going to retire that character because he just has too much fun playing him i am wondering what 80 year old alan partridge looks like well we saw in 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 the future when he traveled to the future oh yes we did we did spoilers we 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 won't reveal anymore because uh you can discover it yourself if you choose to get tickets you know it was on the night before as well in the same arena no i didn't know that i didn't know either same material (laughs) <laughs> Probably, yeah and uh no no rowdiness which was good even though it was a saturday night in manchester there was no rowdiness even though it was also the fa cup final there was the one bloke who threatened to sit next to us who was a bit oh right yeah he's a bit loud and boisterous but thankfully he discovered that he had the wrong seat then said to the woman that he didn't know next to him good luck with the pregnancy and yeah. i thought by lord i hope she's pregnant Anyway, we avoided him like the plague. So, yeah. And I, I told you a pro-life tip, which is that any restaurant or bar in the UK is legally obliged to give you free tap water on request. Yes, you thankfully saved me probably £8 for two bottles of water <laughs> and just interrupted and said, no, no, we'll have two cups of tap water, please. And then they scurried away off into the back and got that from whatever filthy tap sauce there was. <laughs> But I'm £8 better off, so I appreciated it. Just, just to, We won't do anecdotes, because this kind of is one, but while we're on it, I, uh, I also appreciated the cinema audience as well. I was thinking central Manchester, going to be a bunch of hooligans. We weren't watching Doctor Strange. And thankfully, apart from relentless eating, relentless eating throughout the entire thing, I don't know how much food people had purchased. But apart from that, no talking. I believe you had someone on your left who was a bit 
chatty, but not overwhelming. It was borderline, so, but yeah, I wasn't really annoyed. You're very easily triggered, though, aren't you? You don't pull yeah. up with any shit in the cinema. He just, it was just the odd whispery comment, but we were doing that as well. So, yeah. can't really complain. Mainly to clarify for me what the hell was going on. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. I said we'd skip anecdotes. I had my first meeting in the metaverse this week, actually, which I think is slightly relevant because we're covering the multiverse. Well, we're doing um, the multiverse again next week as well. So you could you could bank it for content for next time. It's not worth it. It's not interesting. So let's just park it there. Okay. James, what have you been watching this week? I took advantage of us having the two-week watching schedule and I really wanted to watch something properly but I couldn't commit to one thing. Maybe I was just in a bad mood because I've sampled, I've fully watched one thing and I've sampled three others. It's all negative, but this is the latest, the latest content that I've had. Number one, The Essex Serpent on Apple TV Plus, starring Mr. Hiddleston, Mr. Hiddleston and Claire Danes. Not Kira Knightley, but she, apparently she was recast. Lavish production, as it's Apple TV+, Plus, but dreary and lacking in atmosphere. Very disappointed. Checked out after one episode. Pass. Claire Danes, Claire Danes does a smashing British accent, though, I believe. She does, yeah, she does. Yeah. So that was it, straight in the bin. Lincoln Lawyer, which is the top show on Netflix. The worst lead actor ever in any series that I've ever <laughs> seen. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. You have to see it to believe it. I watched... the. F- Typical me. I watched the first episode and then watched the last episode because I thought, is it does he is there some sort of transformation? Is he building up something? He's not. It's truly shocking. It's cheap, it, forgettable Netflix content. So for the book end and tail end of the show, did did you actually think I could have just watched that? I didn't need the in-between. It all made sense. Or were you a bit lost with that final episode? I, uh, the recap was so thorough that I actually wasn't lost. And let's face it, you probably skipped half of it anyway. Yeah, and it and it in the spoilers for Lincoln Lawyer, it turns out that it was all a bit of a waste of time anyway. Um, it was all just a bit a bit a big scam, and then that's revealed in episode seven and episode eight is the main actors awful. I'm glad that I've spoke to you because my partner started watching it and I had a bit of a grumble with her when I went downstairs and said, I was gonna watch this. And she was like, How was I supposed to know that? I said, Well, I loved the film, and she said, Well, I didn't know there was a film, but it would appear, even though she's enjoying it. It's not worth my time, so thanks for that. No. Number three, Conversations with Friends on BBC Three, based on a book by someone following on from normal people. Huge success. Plodding, slow, dragged out, unlikable characters, monotone, even more monotone than me. Maybe you need to be in the right mood, but not for me, wasn't into it. And this is a fully negative list, so there's not even a positive to end on here, right? Nope. No, so the last one, Chivalry. This is what we talked about last time. Did you watch Chivalry? Do you have comments as well? Uh, I only watched half of the first episode, and I, I don't know if I intend on watching the rest. Yeah, starring Steve Coogan of uh, Alan Partridge fame. Chivalry, advertised as a comedy. It's not a comedy. It's a comedy drama that's neither funny nor dramatic that becomes a full drama halfway through after revelation at the end of episode three. Six episodes, skipped episode five, couldn't be bothered. And they go for a big airport scene finish at the end. But I didn't care. By the end of it, I'd watched almost all of it, but I felt like I hadn't watched anything. I felt like I'd eaten a bowl of plain spaghetti. 
Do we need to consider retitling this segment to do not watch list? Yeah, well, I, I want to, I'm conscious of being negative. I don't just want to be negative. I've really tried to find something good, but as each thing hasn't been good, I've thought, well, this is this this will be good. But they've all not been good, so I've, I've ended up with four stinkers. Well, you could have guaranteed yourself some solid entertainment and watch Gordon Ramsay's Future Food Stars, but you just disobeyed my advice, didn't you? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> that show's got progressively worse. Don't bother. Um, that was a joke. There's a sorry, there's a bit, right? I don't know if I said this because I don't think I'd watch this episode. He makes the contestants climb up a mountain and walk along a tightrope to serve food to somebody in a tent. Why? <laughs> it proves nothing. It proves nothing. And one of the challenges is about inventing an alcoholless drink. What's that gonna do with food? That's just an apprentice task. That's that's not. But it is Gordon Ramsay doing The Apprentice. It's terrible. Anyway, let's not waste any more breath on that. What have you been watching? Please, please be positive. There's an odd mix of things this week, whereby two things I've watched, they're both in my wheelhouse, plot-wise, but they contain a bit of a, a weird genre twist. So first off is Shining Girls, which is a new Apple TV series, of which I think six of the eight intended episodes are now out and available for you to binge. And I went, I went into this raw without any form of protection. I, I did not know <laughs> what it was about, and therefore, by the end of the first episode, I was, I was very pleasantly surprised that this went into a direction that I was not anticipating. The plot synopsis on IMDb, and I'm sure the trailer, which I haven't watched, do give it away. So if you want the experience that I had, skip ahead a few minutes or indeed pause and come back to the episode. So it's about a woman named Kirby, played by sex symbol Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> Sorry, that's an in-joke with uh, Ian James. Um, she suffers this very violent attack uh, years prior, and she comes to learn that there's a recent murder that is possibly linked to that unsolved assault. And she works at the local newspaper in town, or city, not sure, not really important, and she's like the little dog's body for all the reporters. She goes and hands out research and materials from all the archives. And one of the reporters is investigating this murder and she kind of inserts herself into the investigation and, and tries to bring this rapist to justice. The twist being that this isn't your standard crime drama or police procedural. It is, in fact, a sci-fi because this is a time-travelling rapist played by Jamie Bell. And... I just liked that little twist. I was not expecting it. Um, and maybe actually if you watch the first episode, it's very clear that that's where it's going, but I didn't get it until like the final scene. And so far, I'm really enjoying the show. I think it's doing something a bit different with a very well-trodden genre, and I appreciate that. And the sci-fi element in it is quite prominent because not only does Jamie Bill... Jamie Bill? Jamie Bell have the ability to time travel, but Kirby, Elizabeth Moss's character, she finds herself in different versions of her reality, which makes it unpredictable as to where the plot's going and how it's going to progress. So if you are missing The Handmaid's Tale and you want your Elizabeth Moss fix, this will fit the bill. Um, Very good genre-bending show, in my opinion, so far. And that's called... Shining Girls on Apple TV. Yeah, Give it a go, James. I did give it a go, but the girls were of average luminosity. They were not <laughs> shining. What else have you been watching? 
James, you you well know this. I am not the biggest advocate of westerns. In fact, I will try my root and toot and best or damn hardest to uh, to avoid them. But there was a night a couple of weeks ago, and I'd had a couple of glasses of wine, and I thought, broaden your horizons, Dan. You can't just watch people get stabbed all your life. You've gone too far with the snuff films. But I've not watched snuff films, so just make that clear. I wanted to watch something out of the ordinary for me. So I went on Amazon Prime and I saw Outer Range just crop up on the banner. And I thought, oh, I'll do a quick Google. Went on IMDb, healthy rating. But then I find out it's a Western. And I thought, right, skip it. And then I thought, no, this is this is exactly what you're trying to avoid. You need to watch this because you ordinarily wouldn't. So I push play and by George, I'm so glad that I did. This first episode had me riveted. Bear in mind as well, I'm a bit tipsy at this point, so maybe that helped with the uh, enjoyment of the episode. But it worked on quite a few levels. So for one, as I say, it's not something I'm overly familiar with. And in this, we've got Josh Brolin playing Royal Abbott, and him and his family manage this ranch out in Wyoming, which is not in Texas, I found out. I just assumed anything Western-based would be in Texas, but it's not. And they own this portion of land and they're at loggerheads with this rival family called the Tillersons. So it's like this Hatfield and McCoys thing going on. I say that without knowing anything about the Hatfield and McCoys, apart from the fact that they were feuding families and there's a show about it. So don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, this rival family, they're trying to encroach on their land and they want to claim a piece of it. And whilst all that's going on, one night there's a bar fight and Josh, one of Josh Brolin's kids accidentally kills one of the Tillersons kids and things go south from there there's also this mysterious traveler who's just pitched up camp on royal abbott's land played by imogen poots who i always appreciate seeing in things but we don't have time to dig into any of that because there's too much going on in this show and then what follows from that death which not everybody initially knows is the disappearance of the local sheriff she investigates the disappearance of this son and it becomes this like sort of good old Western, but with a crime drama thrown into it. But then that's not all that's going on either, because weirdly, and by complete coincidence, I've stumbled upon another show that on the surface looks very much like one type of show, but it is in fact a sci-fi as well. And the details around that I will leave out. Unlike Shining Girls, the sci-fi is, I don't want to say it's a significant part of it. It obviously will be, but it's kind of like the secondary plot going on. In the background, it is more spurred on through this disappearance and subsequent investigation, and that's just in the background. Anyway, not something I would ordinarily watch, but I just love this from probably just a change of scenery point of view and getting to know this community because it's like, for example, this this is the last thing I'll say, and there's, there's some really nice little touches in this which I thought were quite fascinating. So you've got one scene where these two families face off against each other and Josh Brolin and his sons are on horseback, staring them out. But the other family have rocked up on, I don't even know what you call them, land buggies? don't think that's what they're called. What they called, motorbike? No, I'm not going to embarrass myself further. I'm sure you get what quad I'm bikes. saying. Quad bikes, you mean quad bikes? Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Thank you. And anyway, I just like the contrast there in terms of these rival families and how they're represented and you know how they've embraced technology. It's only a minor point, but I just thought this is doing some interesting things that I would not normally be privy to. So I haven't finished it yet. I'm five episodes in, but very much enjoying it. Outer range is out of this world. Nice. Very good. 
I wanted to watch this as soon as I heard about it. I wish I'd watched it instead. I'll be sharing this positivity with you now if I'd remember to watch it. Lesson learned. Hopefully we can discuss it next week. Yes. But that's all I've been watching. Okay. James, have you got time for a short quiz? Yes. Guess that film. Oh. I want, I've been meaning to write one for you for the past three episodes, but I keep not doing it. But yeah, hit me with it. Hit me. And I've not forgotten that you told me to watch Whiplash. I am going to watch Whiplash. Oh, God. I, I'd forgotten that I'd told you to watch Whiplash. So thanks for the reminder. I'll keep on your case about that one. Right. Rules are, very quickly, I read a bad review. I read a good review of a film from a time period. <clears throat> unspecified because that might give you a clue then you are allowed to decipher from that what the film is if i have been kind enough with these reviews i fear i haven't been again and you will have words with me about it you can also ask either five clues or questions specifically about the film so there we go that's the rundown are you ready yes i'm ready for the quiz okay. first review is a positive one title only 6.8 question mark which is a clue in itself. So that's the sort of rating you're looking at on IMDb. Dynamite thriller. True cat and mouse. Peerless performances by all. Plenty of suspense. Enjoy. Okay. No, not really a lot of information there. So go on. Come on. <laughs> now, this one might. This one might help. Negative review. Home Alone for adults. Was this movie intended to be a comedy? After a promising first 15 minutes, this flick was absolutely awful. Except for some interesting camera work, I thought I was watching Home Alone versus Bumbling Criminals, Big Empty House, etc. The plot is filled with all kinds of holes, almost like the film started out as a good but limited idea. But when the editing came, nobody cared about the implausibility of it all. The plot problems are too long to list. Why would Beep do this movie? Such a waste of talent. Even if you've got nothing better to do, avoid renting this movie and watch reruns of Gilligan's Island. At least there's, <laughs> at least there's a reasonable suspension of belief. Mm, okay. So I feel like the Home Alone thing means this is not a question. This is not a question. It's set in a house. So it's a good idea of what the plot is there. Is Brie Larson in it? Brie Larson is not in it. That's right. one question. That was going to be, that was my only guess. You can kind of guess what film I was going to say. Um, yeah. Would Jody you Fox ever in? mistake that film for a comedy? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, in fact, I might be throwing you off by saying that because this one you wouldn't either. So ignore that. Ignore that. Okay, right. And it's not Panic Room with Jodie Foster either. Ding, ding, ding. It is Panic it Room is. with Jodie oh, Foster, right. yeah. Okay, great. Well done. Good. Good review choices. I'm happy. Happy with that. I, I think you did really well there, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I think I think I got myself there because is it the, is it called the room with Brie Larson? Yes, and that's is. just made me think of the other room-based film, which is Panic Room. <laughs> Sorry, I was just reviewing the clues that I had for you, and I hadn't what, actually what the, prepared them. Single the, location film was all that I put, and then features a child who would later go on to be a household name thanks to a teenage franchise. Who? Kirsten Stewart is the little girl in Panic Room. Oh right, okay. Speaking of slightly older films Daniel it's James man I I'm just saying I, I was talking to the girls you know and we, we, we don't put enough emphasis on the ladies sometimes you know I was talking to this girl she was talking about the films or fast in the cinema you know she got to drink water because she's thirsty she streamed like 9200 films back to back without nobody trying to find out what she's feeling 
like how she feel. And y you know what she told me? Check, she told, check it out. This is what she said. She said, Oh, 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 oh. She said she wants some Groundhog Day, some Glenn Gary Ross, a little Lolita. We definitely set this podcast off right. I'm D, 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 It's almost 20 years since Road to Perdition, starring Tom Hanks, which I re-watched recently, released in 2002. I remember watching this film at the cinema 20 years ago and loving it. Do you remember? I certainly do. Cracking soundtrack. Amazing film. Yeah, amazing film. I still listen to the soundtrack to this day. I don't know if it's underrated or appropriately rated because it never comes up, doesn't really get mentioned as one of the great Tom Hanks films. I remember at the time, because he plays a more dour character, it maybe wasn't that satisfying for people. But I I absolutely love this film. It's pretty much perfect. I don't think I can argue with you on that. And I'm not a huge Tom Hanks fan. I've seen a lot of his work, but for me... The best Tom Hanks film out there that if you haven't seen, you should be locked up in a cage, you animal. Yeah, and it's directed by Sam Mendes, not Sam Raimi, Mendes. It's a fantastic film, so it may be available for free on subscription services that you're subscribed to, so please watch it, because you may have forgotten about it, because it's not one of the all-time classics that people talk about all the time, but the reason I bring it up is this, Daniel. Open Chrome and Google Road to Perdition. Can I use a different browser? You can use a different browser. Other browsers are available. Well, I hope in the browser that you look, well, if you Google it, you'll see the cast images appear. Okay. Right? Yeah. And can you see Tyler Hochlin? Yes. That's yeah, my. Yeah. That's that's Tom Hanks' son from Road to Perdition. Oh, my word. What, what a glow up. And he's Superman. He's the Superman on the Superman TV programs. Is that the Superman and Lois one? Yeah, the Superman and Lois. 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 <laughs> Lois. Can you believe it? I can't even now picture him as a child. Yeah. I nearly put his name and then underage. <laughs> why, why would you do that? Oh, I can see him now. Oh, you can see how he got there. Yeah. You can yeah. see how he got there, yeah. But that's the only reason I'm bringing up Robert to position because I looked it up and I saw him and thought, oh, my God. That is transformation. Unbelievable. People are often said to grow into their faces and bodies, but that man grew out of it fast. He's ripped. Yeah. And, <laughs> he's, and he's done well. He's got, um, he's, he's Superman on TV for a number of years to, to come. Oh, what a shock. Yeah. Road to perdition. Well, shall we carry on down that road to the next destination, which is the multiverse of madness? Yes. Hello. I'd like to order an opinion, please. This film is new, fresh point of view. Hold me sit back, this is a fact. We in the aisles, here are some aisles. Thoughts in sync, tell you what to think. I'll listen to you, but please don't rap again. This week's main review is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. We don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda, 
What do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. Following on from the events of WandaVision, the Scarlet Witch must decide whether to use her new powers for good or evil. Entering into a wider world of magic and witchcraft, the former Avenger confronts a range of side characters, all looking to promote their upcoming MCU projects. Doctor Strange also stars. <laughs> oh yeah, but actual plot synopsis, sorry. Doctor Steve Strange casts a forbidden spell that opens a portal to the multiverse. However, a threat emerges that may be too big for his team to handle. Or you might say, too hot to handle, which is a great Netflix show. Daniel, what did you think of Doctor Strange 2? My one and only excitement that I had for this came from the fact that I unexpectedly really liked Spider-Man No Way Home. And because of that, I thought, that was a lovely surprise of a film. What if this is the same calibre? What if this is the new Marvel? I'm in for a fun two hours, if nothing else. But aside from that, I'll resume my broken record for a minute and do my usual disclaimer. I'm not the biggest Marvel fan. I'm not familiar with a number of the films in the series. I haven't watched Loki. I haven't watched WandaVision. I haven't even seen the first Doctor Strange. So you would think that most of that is required viewing for this. All that said, this is obviously a completely uninformed opinion. Take it with a pinch of salt or don't take it all. The choice is yours. First off, positives. Taking everything that I've literally just said into consideration, I did not feel alienated with this film, which they could quite easily have done to me because they're not obliged to include me. These All these films have gone on for this length of time and they're designed purposely for the people who fully committed and they know every nook and cranny of this cinematic or televisual universe that they've built. And obviously because of that, there's some bits that probably went over my head, but it's testament to the film that I don't know what they are. I just experienced it and I didn't feel left out. So very good. It is a very self-contained story in a way. It's a simple story. You've got Dr. Range running into this girl who's found herself accidentally in this universe or his universe. He's got a protector from the evil that's after her, which James has already told you what it is. But I'm led to believe the trailer doesn't even tell you that, but whatever. So all in all, I could follow it. Big tick. Thank you. The acting, all very serviceable across the board. Benedict Cumberbatch, though, I felt like he had a humour suppression spell cast on him in this. I haven't seen Doctor Strange, but I seem to remember him being quite funny in the last Spider-Man film because he had quite a few sarcastic quips. In this, he's nowhere near as charismatic to me. And maybe that's purposeful because he's nursing a broken heart. Speaking of that, love interest, Rachel McAdams, she is in this and she's always delightful. I don't feel like I've seen her in years, so it was very nice to see her again. Next positive, quite a few positives, yeah. Pacing-wise, it's a very fluid film and it goes from one scene to the next at a very good, speedy pace. You're not really offered the opportunity to ask yourself if you're bored because there's always something going on. And I'd say when there is something going on, it is visually interesting, at least. And I know a lot of people have pointed this out, but we've got horror director Sam Raimi. He's back. And I wouldn't say that the gory scenes, but more nightmarish images, which you've not really seen before in Marvel films or, or not to the, that extent. So there's definitely a visual flourish to it all. And for the fact that I don't think there is a scene that doesn't have CGI, I didn't think what a CGI mess 
like I have in other films like Shang-Chi that we spoke about, which regardless had a very good first two thirds of the film. But I'm afraid that's where the positives end for me. And it did make me come to the conclusion that it is probably a lot of style over substance. I'm not saying it's awful by any means, but it probably speaks to my weariness with this sort of superhero film that we spoke about before. I genuinely just didn't care all that much about what was going on. To slightly contradict myself, there is the exception there of Elizabeth Olsen with the Scarlet Witch character. I do think that they take that character in some very interesting places and she has a definable arc as a character that is more emotional than anybody else in the film. And that all worked for me. But for a Doctor Strange film, didn't really care about Doctor Strange or what was going on with him. And I guess it further speaks to my disillusionment that we did not stay. You knew what had happened in the end and mid credit scenes. And I just said, do I need to bother? Really? Shall we just leave? And I, I have stayed before and just thought either that was a waste of my time or I don't get what that is. So my verdict on this film, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Mayhness. But James, what did you think? What did I think? I'll tell you what I think. I think that at this point, MCU films transcend normal approach to commenting on films. My usual template that I got off a website. Uh, but I'll just say I agree with all the positives for you that I agree with, apart from the person. Some good scenes, a few great moments, like someone crawling out of a mirror, ring style. I really liked Benedict Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen. Didn't like the pacing, though. Actually, for the reason that you've said, it was a bit too quick. So there's an opening fight, a quick fight, then into a second similar tentacle monster fight, introduce villain, jump straight into a fortress defense, which felt very climactic in the first 20 minutes, and then introduce more characters. And it was all a bit too quick, like they were just introducing lots and lots of things. As I very subtly, very, very, you might not have picked up on it, but I was very subtle in my, uh, humorous summary that I think this is not a Doctor Strange film. It's more of a feature-length conclusion to WandaVision that you've hinted towards. Doctor Strange doesn't have an arc. His, his arc is, are you happy? That's what he gets asked a few times, and he just goes, mm. His story arc is that he decides to bow to Wong at the end. That's the big arc that he goes through. I did like WandaVision, though. So as a conclusion to WandaVision, which is what this is, I liked it, even though, spoilers, kind of get into it. America Chavez. The new hero with a denim jacket that has the American flag on it. She's a talking MacGuffin, not a character. She doesn't have a character. There's a there's a rumor, unconfirmed rumor, that there was a early screening of the, of the early screening of the film to Marvel execs, including Kevin Feige, and they said that America Chavez's character was too annoying, so they went and reshot all the scenes that feature America Chavez and Doctor Strange together. And the extensive reshoots, which did happen, which is a fact, it was because they had to make America Chavez less annoying so she, because she was too sassy. It's just a rumour. But she's like the key maker from The Matrix Reloaded. Do you remember that character? He exists just to make keys that can lead more, uh, Neo to different places. And he eventually leads him to the Will Farrell character, the architect. That's what it felt like to me. She's just a plot device who will eventually become an integral part of the future content strategy for the MCU, but not an actual character. The script is mechanical, is the word that I've landed on. Stops for exposition, then jumps to the next thing. 
more exposition, just get on to the next thing, introduce these elements for later on. At this point, I'm less interested in these films as stories. I'm more interested now in Disney Marvel trying to pull off another miracle and bring all these characters and stories together or whether the new plan is to throw out endless content with no actual cohesive vision. That's what I'm interested in. Does that make sense? I'm not actually interested in the story. It's more, how, what, are, how, what are they going to do this? What are they doing? What are they doing? Are they going to pull mm. it off? Yeah. Will it fail or not? Because it's not going to last forever, but it'll last a bit longer because this has made $700 million. <laughs> I've got another wider comment for you before we go into spoilers. Do you have general comments? Uh, just wanted to react to what you said about the pacing because I think I've fallen into the habit of saying a film is paced well just on the basis that I'm not bored rather than it being... I, I agree with you that I think it's the plot structure that is a, a mess throughout the entire thing, but the fact that they just gave me enough to just not take that into consideration. I was just like, you're bombarding me with visuals and that's fine. So I actually fully agree with what you said. It is it is a bit of a mess, really. Yeah. But I just felt like it ticked along because of the visuals, really, yeah. that are just thrown at me. Um, but you are right in what you said. So, I, But I, th- I, I think and- you're right also. It's weird because con- I can't really... I don't feel like I'm contradicting myself by saying that I do think... I do think that you're right as well, that I was I wasn't bored for any of it. Mm. I was too I think I was just trying a bit too hard to be clever and think, oh what's this is a little bit quick. But I wasn't bored at all. Like those two main characters, Scarlet Witch and um, Doctor Strange. I like watching them. They're good. And they're both in every scene. And that made the film good. Yeah. And there was good action which looks good because they've got the money to make it look good. So it was fine. So I, I agree with you. Well we can we can both be right, can't yeah. we? Yeah. So What's your wider comment, James? Uh, my wider, super-duper, uh, insightful comment is that I think the MCU, it's more like wrestling, like the WWE at this point. What do I mean by that? The characters change and are forgotten all the time, but the brand lives on. So you go from, there's a Hulk Hogan time, there's a Steve Austin time, and there's a John Cena time. And the, the characters rotate out like there's iron man and now it's dr strange and now it's whoever's next wolverine each era brings new stars that need to get over with the audience some are more popular than others and that might change the plans but you have main event wrestlers like the core avengers mid-card wrestlers like disney plus moon knight she hulk and that's what this is at this point to me it's the wwe i can, I can see where you're coming from that to be honest can I naively ask a question and you can point out how idiotic and stupid I am? I don't know why, but I've got it in my head. When we had Avengers, what was the last one, Endgame? Yes. I thought it was like pretty well publicised that we're done now with this. We're done with these characters. But we're not. And is this just going to continue? Have I misinterpreted that that's what they were saying? I thought it was like, we're starting a new phase and this is completely different characters that you're not used to. And I know we've had the Eternals and things like that, but there's not been this cut-off point. Is this cut-off point imagined? Have I yeah, made that up? You've, you've imagined it. You've made that up. Right, okay. okay. So the main, so those main event stars, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Black Widow, they're signed off. They're done. Hulkamania is finished. And now we're moving into another era. Now it's new gen, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Diesel. But there are still characters that are going to be there for both mm. periods. 
like Doctor Strange, Ant Man, Nick yeah. Fury. They're they're still there. So there's 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 connective tissue between the two. But there was a cutoff point. That's called that's called the Infinity Saga. I don't know if you've heard that phrase before. The Infinity okay. Saga is everything up to Endgame. It's the same universe, but now something else is happening. I mean, you're more um, off air with the wrestling world as well than I. I used to be massively into it ages ago, but it does ring very true, that comparison, because from my memory of it, it was all quite, not. it wouldn't list them as cameos as such, but it relied on the same sort of gimmicky sort of stuff, didn't it, to a degree? Yeah. So, yeah, no, so, yeah. And you might even have um, like big, big one-off returns, like in wrestling, how you would have The Rock is back. He's come back for a, a WrestleMania match. And yeah. now you might have, oh, Captain America's come back. Mm. It's, yeah. it's a bit like that. So there you go. That's Doctor Strange. But would we recommend it or not? That is the big question. James, what say you? Yes, I would recommend Doctor Strange too. Daniel, would you recommend Doctor Strange? <laughs> yeah, go on then. Okay. Bruce Willis' real name is Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a lot. Spoilers. America Chavez is introduced in this film and she has the power to open portals to different universes across the multiverse. Scarlet Witch wants to use that power to go to a universe in which she has two wonderful young boys. She wants to be mother. She uses the mysterious and powerful dark hold spell book to try to achieve this. Doctor Strange tries to stop her. Illuminati introduced, then they get killed. Moving on, Doctor Strange fights the Scarlet Witch using zombie magic, but it's America Chavez that shows Scarlet Witch the the evil of her ways. Scarlet Witch gets to sort of look in the... No, she's exposed to her would-be children as evil, and she decides, oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually bad. I didn't realise until now. I'll kill myself. Bye. And that's the film. <laughs> yeah, it... I went with it in the moment, but it did come off as a bit of a lazy ending when you've got this woman who literally will not stop, will not stop until she's reunited with her children. But turns out that what was probably, I think, suggested to her towards the beginning of the film, where I think Doctor Strange says something like, just accept that they're you know happy in another life. That's what she does in the end. She just goes, yeah, okay, fair enough. Should have listened, Stephen. Yeah, you should have listened. Although we'd have had a half an hour film, so I couldn't understand yes. why we don't. But yeah, very well summarised. Thank you. I love that you always do that bit because I just can't do it. But you did a fine job as always, so thank you. What do you want to dig into here then? Cameos. Probably... We'll do. Should we do cameos? Yeah. So... Natural place to start. Yeah. yeah. The Illuminati. The Illuminati appear. And I'd heard of them before. <clears throat> I had a vague idea. So they do exist in the comics. There are, so the Avengers and the X-Men still exist, but then this is a secret group that's retconned in to events in the comics. And this is, I think it's suggested that they've been there for a certain period of time to make difficult decisions in the background. But here, I think they're, they're more presented as not a secret group, but a replacement for the Avengers. But Captain Carter is introduced as the first Avenger. Anyway, Reed Richards, John... Krasinski. John Krasinski, do you know that he was the fan? He's been the fan casting choice as Reed Richards for many years. Oh, has he? Yeah, it's him and Emily Blunt that people on the internet want to be Reed Richards and his wife. He massively does not bring it. Sorry, go on. Go on. I was going to say massively does not bring it to the table for me in this, though. Yes, Reed Richards. I, I agree. I don't think he was 
any good. I think he shot everything on the blue screen in a single day. Yeah, I can. I, can I don't see think that. he in. I don't think he met anyone else, and he was never actually on set. I've heard that suggested. I listened to something last week where they've said you can purposely tell in those Illuminati scenes. I didn't pick up on it myself, but they're sparingly shot together, and when they are, it's pretty clear they're not in the same room. So yeah, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't surprise me. But I didn't pick up on it. When he's in his chair and he's looking down at Doctor Strange, it may not be the case, but it, his eye line, he's just off Doctor Strange. It's He's not looking at him. He's just a little bit off. And you know how when he's introduced, he sort of he teleports in. I wondered if that's because he wasn't actually there. They don't have a shot of him walking in. They can't really do that convincingly. Let's just teleport him in. Have we actually pointed out, by the way, just for people who don't care to watch the film but want to listen to our thoughts because we just have we said fantastic four have we mentioned that or have we just referred to the character names from fantastic four i think we i don't think we've said fantastic four no fantastic so there you go mr stretchy from fantastic four he rocks up after living in the abyss of 20th century fox for decades while they had the rights to fantastic four yeah. no marvel has it yes so, so they're in a alternate universe where they can introduce these new characters so reed richards appears and he is a one, it's it's an advert for the future Fantastic Four film. It's raising awareness of the brand. But I think it's also, is it a screen test for that char- for him, for John Krasinski as that character? Are they testing to see how many people are there that actually want him to play this role? What's it going to look like? Or do they not want to do it, but they want to put him out there and say, all right, you've had, you've had him, but they'll, they'll do a bit of market research to look at the reaction to this and say, actually, we can get away with not picking him because actually it turns out there weren't that many people that knew about the Fantastic Four or that actually wanted him fan cast, including you that didn't know that that was the case. That's my conspiracy theory. And what, what they've neatly done as well in this is by being extremely vague about how the whole universe works and multiple versions of people and what, what whatever, whatever, whatever. They kill all these people off who are quickly introduced and leave themselves open to replacing them if necessary. Yes. And we discussed because another Shock cameo, same sort of copyright stuff going on with X-Men. Now Marvel owns X-Men as well. Professor X. Yep. He appears. Um, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. In his yellow wheelchair from the cartoon series. And they used the music from the opening theme of the cartoon series. I don't know if you noticed that. I heard afterwards, did not realise it in the moment. Not going to lie, it looked a bit awkward in that thing. Yeah, it was huge compared to him. I thought for a moment he was going to ch- turn into Bumblebee, but then it didn't happen. So. Yeah. He actually looked a bit like in Alan Partridge Live where he's inside the chair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, every single completely. person listening yeah. will not get that. Yeah, completely out of proportion. And again, him being there, there's no way he's going to be pressurizing the eventual films. But that, I think that is in part, it's an advert for X-Men 97, which is a Disney Plus cartoon that's a continuation of the classic 90s cartoon. I didn't know that was happening either. But why wouldn't it? So it's an awareness-raising thing for that future piece content. And why would Patrick Stewart not be in the future X-Men film? We discussed it in person. He's going to be dead. No offence. He's lived a long and happy life. And he lives till 95. I'd be well happy, but he's not going to be alive. So there you go. I didn't know that there's another lesser-known character that turns up called Black Bolt. Are you aware of what the crack is with the actor playing him in this? I've not watched Inhumans, but I believe he's in Inhumans, which was the miserable failure TV programme they did. Yes, 
yeah. So an ABC program that Marvel decided to just say, go on, you can make it if you want. Fail miserably, like you say, and then they just decided, oh, come on back. Here's yeah. a nice paycheck of probably something obscene, like $50,000, who knows. Nice chance for him to shine again. Yeah, and Black Bolt is in um, the Illuminati in the comics. So I think it's just it's just sort of worked out nicely that they already had the actor. Uh, Captain Marvel is there. I think she'll appear again as Captain Marvel, but I, I don't know whether it'll be in the Marvel's film or not. But Captain Carter, what did you think about Captain Carter appearing? Were you excited to see that? I was. Do you know that there's a what that the what if cartoon series? She's from that. Yeah, and I actually like for all the stuff that I haven't seen. Yeah, I was I was aware of that. So, in fact, I think I found out afterwards. Though, so I didn't get the link at the time. Yeah, no, I was excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a good. It was instead of instead of advertising future MCU content, it was advertising what if from the past. Strange though that she threw a shield at a handcuffed Doctor Strange for no reason at all. I don't recall that bit. When before she's even shown or introduced, she throws a shield at Doctor Strange and it, it rebounds back into her arm, like Captain America style. And then someone says, This is Captain Carter, and she steps forward. No reason to throw the shield. Or is there a reason to throw a shield? Could it be because they were worried that general audiences wouldn't actually recognize Captain Carter or Mary Atwell? What's her name? Haley Atwell. They were worried people won't recognize this at all. So we need to throw the she needs to throw the shield. So that people go, oh, Captain America, Captain America's girlfriend. I remember who that is. Yeah, I can see that being the reason why. Yeah, can you see what I'm, what I'm, what I mean now about how I'm not interested in the story? I'm just interested in how it's put together and what it all means for the future and, content. And to be honest, that's the bit that, as a cursory fan, that's what draws me in because it is. I still do find it impressive and fascinating how they continue to build this world it is the bit that draws me back. I'm not there to get the subtle references here and there, as I've said, but I do find that to be compelling, how they're actually going to carry this on and how far they're going to build it out. So, yeah, no, I understand your interest. Yeah, because it's never been attempted before. No. It's genuinely interesting to see what they're going to do next. Mm. Another spoilery thought that I've got, is we're that in, go on? We're in spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> this this film doesn't really tell a story, doesn't move anything on. But what it does do is that it introduces, it sets up concepts for later films. So it introduces the multiverse concept and, and some rules for that. The existence of the multiverse, the existence of these variations of characters that may or may not be the same actor. It's possible to travel between universes using America Chavez. That's introduced. It sets up the incursion concept, which is when if you open a portal between universes, you destroy one or both universes. It's a multiversal threat. And it is my prediction now, write this down. I'll just listen to the episode again. Yeah, that the the end game for this phase is not he's going to, this bad guy is going to destroy the universe. He's going to destroy all universes, all reality by triggering an intentional incursion across all realities. And that's the end game. And the sort of mechanics of that is introduced here. The same way that infinity stones are sort of explained in Guardians of the Galaxy and then it, it pairs mm. off later. That's my theory. And 
in Endgame, there's the, the portal scene where all these characters from around the Avengers world appear to fight the villain at the end. Endgame style portal scene for this phase is multiverse portals and all the different characters from all the different universes will, will pop out and get huge pops in the crowd. There's Captain Carter. There's a different version of this character. There's Emily Blunt as Sue Storm. Cameos from the old X-Men cast, all from different universes in one like climactic scene seven or eight years from now. That's my prediction. So you think that they are actually following a tried and tested formula and wrapping it up in new threads and hoodwinking us? I don't think it's hoodwinking us. Well, it's not hoodwinking Oh, sorry. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I get what you're saying. Yeah. They're doing the same thing again, but just with more people from different universes. Yeah, I think that's what what we're going to end up with. But how do you ever get onto a phase, whatever it is, if you've wiped out all of humanity and reality? There's no coming back from that. No, you can't top that. A universe-wide threat, you can only top that by having threats to all universes. But you can't go bigger than that, so I don't know what we'll do next. Or you have a mid credit scene, and it's just Robert Downey Jr., and he crops up and he goes, what if? And that's it. Yeah. And then the next thing is just an imagined reality of what the next phase would be. I'm just chatting nonsense now. Anyway, any other thoughts on Doctor Strange? No. Any more thoughts from you? Uh, no, absolutely none. Just um, nice to see Sam Raimi back making films, even if it did, unfortunately, end up being this, which I've recommended. <laughs> he still got it. He does still got it. Um, sorry, that was terrible English for me. We're staying in the multiverse, though. For we are. Episode in two weeks' time. What are we reviewing, James? Everything, everywhere, all at once. We certainly are. And the hype could not get any bigger for this in my little world. It's supposed to be amazing. I have not watched this duo's previous film, Swiss Army Man, which I believe is very good, but it's all about farting. Seemed a bit juvenile. This seems very good. It's not about fighting, but we'll see. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. If you wish to leave us any feedback, you can do so at inthehourspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, where I didn't post last week, but I will do this week. You can leave us a five-star review and rating, and that's all the ways that you can get in touch and support this podcast. James, for anyone who is even considering venturing off into the multiverse, What words of advice do you have for them? Don't let things get out of hand. It's just a line line from the film. And that's it. That's what I've got. And possibly take a passport. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.